755 is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome. Welcome. 755 is real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer with The Athletic, with my co-host, Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever out in Seattle. What's going on, Eric? Not much, man. Just uh, just riding this thing out. How you doing? I'm doing all right. We got a very special guest today. Fortunately, Eric and I will not have to uh, go through all the <laughs> all the non-goings-on one by one again like last week. We got a guy today that's on top of everything. You know him, you love him, Ken Rosenthal from The Athletic and Fox Sports. What's going on, Ken? Dave, Eric, how you guys doing? All right? We're great. Doing all right, man. Not quite as busy as you are. Well, it's an interesting time in the game, that's for sure. That's a time for everybody, but baseball has some particular oddities, <laughs> put it that way. Man, you know, I was thinking the other day, because I had a stretch of like five off-seasons with the Braves where not one off-season was normal like it used to be. You know, yeah. where you'd have the, the normal patterns and flow of an off-season. You haven't had like a normal year now in a while, have you? No, and it's funny. You go back to November, David, and <laughs> – Start with the Astros, yeah, and then the Red Sox, and then the minor league thing. I'm just talking about the game itself, right? All the things going on, the minor league issues. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, the pandemic hit, and it's been almost like a sprint, a nonstop yeah. sprint. <laughs> Even though we're we haven't played a game, since <laughs> it's October. crazy, isn't it crazy? <laughs> so yeah, not a game, man. Oh, Jesus. Well, hopefully it won't be too much longer, but man, I don't know. Uh, I waffle between people ask me, are we going to play? And I'm like, I go from like 80-20 to they are going to, to like 40-60, you know? I mean, I just, if from day to day, it just seems, I read stuff, I hear stuff that makes me think, okay, I was a little overconfident there. If you had a gut reaction right now, what would you say? It probably changes for you all the time too, right? Yes, it's funny you say that, David, because that's exactly how I feel. And some days I'm positive, some days I'm negative. But my feeling from the start has been there is so much to lose by yeah. not playing mm -hmm. that they're going to have to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I maintain that. I, I will stand by that. Granted, there are a lot of obstacles. And the health and safety, that's a huge obstacle even if the protocols agreed upon, which I think they will, that's not as contentious as the money, but who knows what happens when guys get together, if people get sick, there are all these questions along those lines. Then there's the economic dispute that of course mm -hmm. is going on yeah. and that's typical of this sport. So I expect that to get resolved too, but then the question becomes, okay, you got the agreement, the players and owners have finally gotten through their BS for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. And now what happens as I go back to what I said earlier, does the virus at some point just wreck things? Does it right. interrupt things? Does it force teams to move out of their cities? Does it create situations where three or four guys might be sick on a certain team? There are all of these different variables. And it's funny that you like this, that the national writers for the athlete, we've been talking constantly throughout this. And I talked to you of course as well, but We've been talking about coverage and just what will happen. And from the beginning, I was telling these guys, Andy McCullough and Jason Stark, Mark Craig, guys, they're going to try to play. And uh -huh. Andy and yeah. in particular, and Jason, no way they're not going to be able to play. <laughs> and they, they raise every time yeah. stuff comes up, both those guys and everybody else too, raises all these questions. Well, what about this? What about that? Right. 
the questions are all valid and there are no answers. So it's a really difficult task to try to play. But again, there's just too much yeah. to lose not to. Hey, do you think the chance of that, of a second wave coming of COVID-19, because they, you know, they're pretty clear that the, the health officials are pretty clear that it's going to happen at some point in the fall. Do you think the chance of that coming and saying, wiping out the postseason, which they're counting so much on those uh, broadcast revenues in a postseason. Is that maybe a reason why the owners are so adamant about wanting the players to take, uh, you know, to split profits rather than do the prorated salary thing? Yes, that actually is a factor, Dave. And um, in that situation, what the owners are thinking with so much of their revenue, as you said, coming in the postseason, what happens if they don't get that revenue? And mm-hmm. that's a bad outcome, right? Now, player's position is you're going to be okay in a regular season or more okay than you would be if you didn't play. So right. the revenue sharing thing, I don't know that that ever happens. It's actually for this season alone, not an outrageous offensive idea to me. Now I want to hear Eric on this because obviously the union forever has stood against the salary cap and the union equates any revenue split with the owners yep. as equi- equivalent to a salary cap. I would just say in this one year, it actually sort of makes sense to protect everybody. At the same time, I could see the player's position. Mm-hmm. Hey, give them that inch. They're going to exactly. try to take that mile. That's what Eric so said. that's probably the problem. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, the main thing for me, I think, is just that the trust is gone. They've been trying to prove collusion. There's been the, you know, the, the luxury tax has basically been a salary cap at this point. And I think if the if the sides were on a lot better terms, you know, I mean, this has been brewing for a while. Um, if there was trust there and, and things had been going smoothly up until this point, um, I think the union would be a lot more accepting and just, you know, let's just get on the field. But without the trust there and never trusting, you know, the other side, it's kind of like, you know, they. I don't think they even really trust that that they are going to lose money if if there is a if there is 50-50 split or if they don't do it or if there's no fans it's it's just without that trust man i just don't think the union i think they're just being so careful right now and i think that's it, absolutely correct and that's the whole problem in the relationship yeah. that trust does not exist and it's always been tenuous yeah. there have been times collusion for one where it's been violated and in recent years the owners have been aggressive in the way they've attacked free agency, the way they've yep. attacked arbitration. All these different things has contributed to a loss of trust. And yes, that is definitely one of the problems here. There's no doubt about that. One one way that they could do it, you know, you said and 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 aptly that this is the one year where you would hope maybe the two sides would go, all right, we'll do it this year. But just like the the players' union could give and say, you know, this is the one year we'll allow you to do that. It's also the one year the owners could say, all right, we're going to show you the books, and this is how we're going to lose this much money, and they won't do it. Well, that's true, and part of that might be, well, they've never done it. Yeah, one. right. And two, they're going to do it. They're going to do it in advance of a collective bargaining yeah. negotiation yeah. that's going to take place next yeah. year, and not happen. <laughs> right. right. But also. With regard to the revenue split, the other problem with it is, and there haven't been enough said about this. We've written about it and tried to explain it. You cannot define the revenues of this sport in two weeks. Yeah, That takes months and yeah. months to vet and try yeah. to figure out what you're going to use. In the right. NFL collective bargaining agreement, 
the definition of revenue takes 15 pages. Mm-hmm. So with all these confusing RSN deals, mm-hmm. some are owned by the team, some have, teams have a percentage, and it, it, all these things going on, the you're battery, never going to get there. The battery? Yeah, the, Does that well, count? Well, the union would <laughs> want to count that. I'm, I'm sure yeah. the owners would. The battery yeah, exactly. to me is the kind of thing. And the thing in St. Louis, too, similar, Dave. Yep. You know this. Yeah. Those are the kinds of things that are kind of hidden revenues. And if yep. I'm the players, I'm saying, hey, what about these kinds of things? And yep. granted, some of those investments like the battery mm-hmm. i believe the braves would say to that we invested that money as a team yeah. and that's not player related money so sorry but there are other questions that would arise and that's the kind of thing that takes again months to resolve not two weeks ken uh eric has had, had, had made a really good point last week we were talking about how the owners are so savvy at this. I mean, there's a reason they're billionaires and they run these huge businesses and 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 they are titans of industry. It's because they say they know for the most part, they know what to say and what not to say. Yeah. So you don't have an owner coming out and popping off or saying something as as tone deaf as what Blake Snell said last week. And Chipper and right. Cl- and, and Tom Glavin both came out and said you know, they, I'm Tom Glavin. There's not a stronger union guy than Tom Glavin. Chipper the same way. He said, we got the strongest union in the, in the world for a reason. We're willing to walk away, blah, blah, blah. But they both came out and said, Blake Snell, the messaging, the wording was so bad that you got you can't do that. You can't say that. You need to stick with the risk, why you don't want to play, because the health risk involved with your family and others and all this and all, and not dwell on, on the, the money and certainly not put it the way Blake Smell did, Snell did, which is, I'm going to get mine. I got to get, you know, that one, you know what I mean? And, and and Eric said that a couple of weeks ago and how the owners always end up looking good in these. The billionaires look good and the players always look greedy in these matters for a reason. That's part of it for sure. The other part of it, and this always strikes me as so odd, the fans, for whatever reason, Many of them, not all of them, obviously, but many fans say, okay, these guys are playing a little boy's game. Yep. I played that game when I was a kid. And you know what? With a little luck, I could have been one of them. Yeah, yeah. Anybody who knows anything about the sport, who has followed it, knows that's not true. Yeah. There's 750 players of the best players in the world, and they're incredibly talented and hardworking, and they deserve to be where they are, and you don't as a yeah. fan, okay? Yeah. it's There's a distinction. But – Fans see it that way, and they know the players' salaries because we report them. They don't have as good insight into what the owners are making because exactly. while Forbes comes out with that survey every year, it's not – you Most can't say it read. like yeah. Mike Trout makes $40 million. It's not the yeah. same. Yeah. So that hurts the players right then. And then, yes, when you have the occasional player step out and say something or advise, mm-hmm. and Glavin did it himself, I believe, in 94. And mm-hmm. Glavin's a mm-hmm. really smart guy, and yet he yep. stumbled. And I think he learned yep. it, it doesn't help. But it's frankly hard to look at either side and say, well, yeah, <laughs> either is above reproach. It's not like that. They both yeah. have responsibility for this, and that's just the way it is. You know, the money's out there so much all the time now, more than ever. You know, everybody knows what everybody makes because you don't hear one right. person leaving a Rolling Stones concert if they suck one night going, those guys cleared yeah. $1.5 million tonight for this show, <laughs> you know, or, 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 uh, or, uh, uh, 
DiCaprio made $30 million for that movie. He worked for four months and that movie sucked. You never hear anybody say that. It's true. And listen, (laughs) the players benefit too from the attention and just the interest in the sport. And part of the interest does revolve around money. We all get that. But Dave, you're absolutely right. We don't know what performers make. We don't know what actors make. We don't know really what any of them make. It's out there at times, but it's just not regarded the same way. So to that point, I would wish fans would be more understanding of where the players are coming from. Now, at times, the players can be as obnoxious as the owners in their comments, not comments, just positions. Yeah. And it can be ridiculous. This whole argument over the economic feasibility of playing without fans. The players say, oh, we agreed to a deal. Sorry. Well, there are many agents who believe that is not a good argument. And there are others who just say, what are they talking about? The deal clearly allows for another negotiation if there are no fans. So, mm-hmm. listen, there are no shining knights in armor in, right. in no. this kind of situation. And it's just the way it always is, you know? If I'm running the union, I would have told every guy, no matter what, do not mention money under any circumstance. You know, just right. you just continually repeat the message. Hey, if it's safe, I'm playing, but we really got to be safe. And if even if money's holding it up, you just keep going back to health and safety because that's the only way to come off you know, in any, I, there's no benefit for either side to talk about money right now, but it, it's got to be about health and safety. Or you look bad because of what the rest of the country is going through. Eric, I right, think that's that, the problem here. I'm sorry, Dave. That's the problem here with the whole thing. Yeah. That even when it's a normal CBA negotiation is taking place in normal time, it still looks bad. Kind of tune out. Mm-hmm. It still looks bad. Mm-hmm. But for this to be going on right now, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, terrible. It's not a good look. Yeah, for either that, side. Eric, I, I think there's some some drug or truth serum going through those uh, gaming headphones, Eric, because these guys get on Twitch <laughs> and it's like all bets are off. They'll say what the hell they want to say, man. You know. It's like, no, what I'm saying on Twitch, it's not going to go out there, is it? Nobody's going to see this, right? Well, this is the thing, man. I heard Chipper and uh, I was listening to Chipper and, and Boog on um, uh, Instagram Live the other day. And, and Boog's big point was, Boog's Gombe, his big point was know the room. And I was sitting yeah. there thinking, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's got a good point, but what kind of room is it? I don't know a tw- what a Twitch. Twitch room is, you know? Twi- but Twitch it's is like, the whole world. It goes viral, but they don't look at it that way. They think they're just talking to their buddy, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a different time. But And that's this is what the owners are hoping for. You know, honestly, that's, that's kind of why some of it's out there. You got 1,240-man guys. A lot of them are young, emotional, uh, inexperienced in these kind of things. And somebody's going to say what Snell said. And even though he had a lot of really good points, it's just – it's the tact isn't there because he doesn't he's he's talking to a bunch of twitch gamers you know he's talking to a she's streaming you know it's it's just it, it comes off bad but he had a lot of good points you know and then, it's, and Bryce it's tough Harper does the same thing the next day on twitch but and he's like but there's a reporter on there on twitch ta- asking yeah, him the question i think yeah, probably <laughs> but he's acting like it's his buddy yeah you it's got his, a twitch his, account ken I might I have to get one. I might have to get You're one. slipping. You're slipping. I am slipping. I need to have Luke Jackson hook me up, man. Luke Jackson like owns one of those gaming teams. He's a general yeah. manager of a gaming team. I need to have him set me up so I can get the inside on these Twitch conversations. There you go. Ken. Yes. You quoted an unnamed team president yesterday uh, saying that some, uh, some measures of this thing suggested by MLB in the 67-page draft – are way over the top. And actually, I think you quoted about five yeah. guys off the record that said, and they went through some of the things that are going to be changed. 
Um, do you right. think realistically some of those things are not going to hold up? Because you look at some of them, you go, how are you going to play the game without you know doing this, without seeds, without high five, and without sitting next to each other in the dugout? I mean, there's a lot of things on there. There are, and it will change. There's no question it's going to change. The union sent back notes on various points in the document yesterday. Yeah. They're going to continue talking about it. The clubs also are giving their own perspectives on it. The clubs are compiling that as we speak and probably sending that back today if they haven't already. Right. So at that point, Major League Baseball is going to take all of the suggestions, consult with its medical experts, try to figure out the best solution. That 67-page document was a first draft, effectively. Right. Okay. And it was never going to be the final thing. And maybe it was over the top for a reason. Because yeah. The players obviously had expressed a lot of concern, and baseball wanted to show that they're trying to address those concerns. Mm-hmm. But some of them are just not as practical as others, and they've got to get to the point where it's more practical. And there's a interesting debate about testing. Yeah, And the players saying we need daily testing, not right. just every three days or two days. Well, that's going to depend on the availability of testing mm-hmm. and whether that can be done. So there are a lot of things here that will need to be addressed and that they will address some more difficult than others. You think they got like the rest of this month basically to get something done? But if they want to do it, you know, that July 4th, thereabouts, opening day start? How much time do you think they have realistically? And what I've heard is June 1st, there has to be a deal. Because at June 1st, let's say there's a deal. You give players two weeks to get to camp. Mm -hmm. You alert them. You have tested and all that. And it's going to take some time for some guys to get in the country. It's going to take time Mm -hmm. for a lot of things to happen. So that two-week cushion is what they're looking for. And that's why they got to get going here. All right. All right, hey man, I know you got to go. We really appreciate your time. Uh, I know you're busy, so. All right, guys, good talking. Really, thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks, thanks for coming. Ken. Appreciate it. All right, Eric. A couple more things on this. Uh, what Kenny wrote about there. There was a uh, on 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 the areas, uh, the particular areas that the players have kind of or the union has pushed back on on that proposal. Um, and that was like he said. The main thing was the testing. And I can see where the players, because in that, it was vague in that 67-page document. You wouldn't think anything would be vague in a 67-page document, but it was because it said multiple times a week testing. But if you're a player, you're going to want to get everybody tested every day, right? Because that's the only way. Because that's the only way you can do it. I mean, you know, me personally, I might chance it, but not if my family's there and not if, you know, guys have their families in in their home city and whatnot, but... I just, you know, the only downside of that daily testing is it's going to look bad for the league to have right. to just be basically hoarding all these tests. You know, I, I saw that cut, yeah. they yeah. they did say that they'd, they'd be giving them to medical workers and and you know different um, essential workers in the cities too to kind of yeah frontline uh, people yeah frontline first, people first but responders. you know if if you get to a point where MLB can test people every day it, it, it why can't we do that with the whole country you know I guess it's a money thing but. Um, it looks bad if you're hoarding the test, but from a from a safety standpoint, yeah, I want to get tested every single day. I want to make sure that you know this thing doesn't get out of control. Because if 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 you get you know if you get it and you're walking around asymptomatic for a few days and wind up giving it to two or three more teammates, all of a sudden, you know half the half the team could have it and their families could have it, and it could be a nightmare. You know, I guess you'd have to pull out of the league. 
you know, if you had to shut enough guys down and whatnot, I, I, I'm but, curious how yeah. that would all work too. And that's the thing is, well, that's the thing reason I think you have to have daily testing because if you say if you go two days without testing, that's enough time for like an asymptomatic guy to spread that to shed the virus to five or six teammates. Whereas if you isolate it and you can get a guy and and he, he tests positive, boom, he's out of the loop. You go isolate him, you go quarantine him, he's out. You could keep playing. But if there's five to ten guys on your team that test then yeah, what happens if a team has to drop out? That throws the whole thing upside down. I mean, all of a sudden, are you just forfeiting games? Or I don't know how that would work. So I, mean, I think me, if, it just if it's seems 50 like guys, it's, you could probably fill out the roster, but it'd have a huge yeah, impact. But even from you know roster. from an ownership or um, team standpoint, you don't want to be losing your guys. So I think it'd be in your best interest to be testing them every day and make sure something like that didn't happen either because who knows what this World Series is going to turn into or the whole season, but – you know, it's, right. there's going to be a championship on the line in some form. Yeah. So what if two teams in your uh, division fall out? Yeah. I mean, so there's a lot of reasons to, but I was looking at, you know, people just think about the players and how healthy and young they are, except for the guys that have underlying conditions like diabetes is a few of those guys and some guys with high blood pressure and hypertension or whatever we don't know about, you know, those guys are, are, could actually get very sick if they get it. Most guys are not going to, but people are not thinking about all the coaches and managers who are in their sixties. Yeah. Cause there's some of them. And, and I tell you, and trainers, you, trainers going to be it, stretching trainers. Guys. There's a lot clubbies. How about clubbies? Yep. There's a lot of clubbies that are, you know, guys, all, the, all the staff, years. all the staffs, 45, right. 50 and so up. If, if you've got a manager, he's in his sixties and he's had a heart condition. You know, most people don't even know that these guys have. There are plenty of guys who have had heart conditions. Maybe he has to wear a monitor or something. If he gets COVID, it's a totally different game than if a 30-year-old player gets it. You know what I mean? And if you don't test for two days and somebody on your team has it, there's a good chance that manager is going to come into contact with him, you know, uh, when he doesn't have a mask on during the game or whatever. Yeah, and even a guy like Trey Mancini that had stage three prostate cancer walk around not knowing exactly. it. You know, it's exactly. Could kill that's him. kinda that's what's that's what this whole thing's about. You know, it's it's about underlying health conditions and they're underlying means you don't know about them, you know, or, or they're yep. or they're just they're so minor that you don't really know they're there and then they pop up when, when you get this virus and your immune system's broke down and it gets in there. Um it's it's scary, you know, that's that's why everybody's scared of it, just because they don't know how it's gonna affect each person. It's so unpredictable. Um, but if it gets in, if it gets in the clubhouse, you know, you could take all the precautions you want. It's just such yeah. close quarters and, and, right. and the, you're throwing a ball, you're catching a ball, you're yeah. touching so much different stuff. I've, I've wondered this entire time how they're going to keep the beep, the batting practice balls and all that sanitized. Um, there's so many hurdles, right. but yeah, you just, you can't risk that kind of outbreak. And then, you know, what a, what a terrible thing for the sport if, if a really, if anybody dies, honestly, but yeah. if any, if one death happens because of this one. thing, you know, one. you go play baseball and one death happens. I mean, it's, I mean, the, fl- the plan people that just are focusing on the players going, they have more risk of uh, getting hit by a car going to the ballpark, which is probably actually, actually true. It doesn't but matter, they're not, but one. they're not looking at it from a perspective of what we're just talking about. Somebody with any kind of condition that might allow them to get much sicker. Uh, you know, Pat Dye is hospitalized, for instance, right now in a hospital in Atlanta. Pat Dye, the former Auburn coach, yeah, with COVID nineteen, he's eighty years old. You know, there are managers in their sixties, not as many as there used to be, but there are some. We got one here in Atlanta. You know, there are some, and there are a lot of them in their fifties. And there's a lot of, of coaches 
and bullpen guys and clubbies that are in their 60s and and they're not you know some of them are, are overweight they have all kinds of problems health that we don't have any idea well about. hey if you've been in One baseball guy gets for sick and dies if you've yeah. been in baseball for 25 years too you know i mean you've been living rough even yes. if, even if it's unintentional it's a lot of travel yes. a lot of lack of sleep sleep but most likely you know you've been drinking on planes and yep Smoking, I mean, it's a culture, you know, smoking, maybe dipping, but a lot of these coaches, man, they're grinding just to get through the day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at Wash, man. He smokes like a chimney. He's 60 some years old. Wash, one of those guys is going to live to 115. You you would think so. Yeah. But you've got to think guys like that are much more likely to be, you know, and there's a couple more on the Braves staff that are in their 60s. And you've got to think about those guys because, like you said, one death. And yeah, all it's of a too sudden, much. They they're going. Why did you play? You yeah. know what I mean. Yep. Yeah, and it's 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 only going to take one. I think that's probably the that's the biggest obstacle for me. Is you know, you have to be so careful and do this thing right because you really can't risk that. Yeah, I think the players are fine. I think most of them, and the ones that have diabetes, have been told that as long as they stay on top of it, uh, you know, and 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 take care of themselves, they should be fine. Even if they get it, they should be fine. But. Um, and there, and something came out in the last few days. I don't know if you saw this uh, study. This research showed that, and this this is this is a uh, a plus in in, in the side of uh, the cautious the people that are cautious about playing. This is uh, this came out that all the uh, fears about getting it from surfaces, you know, whether they're portable yeah. surfaces, still, it came out that they're a lot less likely than we thought to get it from that. In other words, everybody's been wiping down boxes that people get delivered to your house and all that. Yeah. It's really not much of a chance of getting it now. And the studies have shown that you're really, your overwhelming majority of cases are getting it from droplets, from breathing, from people talking and the droplets in the air and you taking them in through your nose or mouth, not from touching stuff. That's a so, good, that's a good sign from a control aspect because that's the type of yeah. stuff that I was thinking, if this thing can be on a baseball for 14 hours. I yeah. Mean, how are you going to control it? That's unstoppable. You can swap out the balls, but when a guy, Guy, guy licks his fingers, throws a pitch, and a guy grounds it to somebody, and he picks it up, throws it to first. That guy, you know what I mean? Yeah, but how many balls do you need for batting practice if you if you got to swap them out after each guy would have yeah. to bring his own bucket? You yeah, know, just, I'm just saying there's no way you can protect everything because yeah. guys are going to touch the same ball during a play, you know? Yeah, you turn a double play, it's three so guys touching it. Yeah, I don't think there's much chance of that. But I know if a pitcher, I would not be licking my fingers, though. <laughs> I know that. I don't care what the studies are showing. Yeah. But anyway... Well, it's good to know that even Ken is not uh, is is not entirely uh, uh, mind made up about what's going to happen. I mean, but I, I agree with him though. There's so much riding on it, so many bil- you know billions of dollars that when it comes right down to it, nut cutting time to make a decision. I think both sides are going to be willing to give a little bit rather than be the side that was the reason this fell through because. Both of them are going to lose so much more by not playing than they would by playing and taking less money or whatever they, they need to do. Yeah, and I, it's just – it sucks that that's – you know, it, it is about money, but, you know, it's it, – it can't be – I just – back to that Snell thing, man. It's just you can't be saying that kind of stuff at this time because of what people out in the real world, they're going through, you know. And yeah. and, and I, exactly. I agree is – they're playing. It's tone I, deaf, I, th- man. It's tone deaf. Um, and it's not It's not a knock on him. It's just you, no. you don't know how that thing's going to blow up. He probably talks on that every night. And yeah. and every time he messes up, it goes viral because it's just and a live mic. he said mic. a few things, too, you know, before he, about other matters that weren't so serious or weren't so sensitive. But he has said some things that, you know. And you love, as a writer, you love a guy that'll say yeah. stuff, you know. 
but man, you gotta, <laughs> it's just the tack to it. You know, it's it, like, it, no, nobody's going to relate with, I'm only clearing one point after taxes. Who can nobody. relate to that? No, you know, nobody, nobody A feels few people bad. On Twitter are the only people that are going to come to the defense and say that was perfectly fine to say that because yeah. even if you like me, I have no problem with the stance he's taken. That he wants his full salary. I got that. You just can't say that. It's not no. asking too much to not say, I got to get mine, you know, <laughs> just avoid saying that Yeah, <laughs> publicly. He's got a good point. You know, it, it, he is taking, you're taking a lot higher risk for yep. way less money. You know, I get the stance of I'd rather just stay home and play next year. I, I get it. But when you right. start saying that stuff with that tone, you know, nobody that's that's trying to figure out how to pay their rent right now. Which a majority of fans are going through some shit. They're not. Yeah. Nobody they know somebody that is. Yeah, or they're, you know, or, they, or they've had people get sick and things like that. But nobody feels bad if you're going to have to live in Calabasas instead of Malibu. You know, it's like <laughs> nobody cares about a short earning window, taxes. Nobody can relate, you know, to to all the stuff that players not are worried about money wise. I mean, it's it's all fantasy land. But people can yeah. relate to health. They can relate to family. You know, yeah. they you just you got to hammer that down. Like I said, even if that's not your main concern, that's kind of right. what you hide behind. Before because yeah. talking money is just any side that talks money is going to lose everybody, and that's going to be the thing. Is baseball is just going to both sides are going to lose, and the whole game's going to look like shit if people keep talking about money out in the public. And that's I, Chipper had such a good point when I talked to him, and I quoted him. You know, in the thing, and people seized on the quote because you only got 280 characters, or whatever. So I had the quote in here about say what he said about Blake Snell, that you know that was that nobody out there wants to hear about. You don't you if a player is only going to get 30 percent of what his salary is, nobody wants to hear that. Well, he wasn't saying that players should should no. shut up and play for whatever the owners no. want to give him. He was saying can't you just say got to watch. You can't say it. <laughs> and and the rest of what Chipper said, I thought was a really good point. Was what you were just saying. I'm going to, he said, uh, he said what, you know, uh, uh, regarding what Blake Snell said, and then the couple of, that came out and defended him, like Bryce Harper and Arenado, and he said, he said, and I because uh, he, he was talking, Glavin had come out and said to Steve Hummer, the AJC, that the players are going to look bad in this, because they always do if this falls apart, players always look bad. He goes, so even if you're 100% justified in what you're nope. saying, You've got to watch. You can't say it like that. <laughs> you can't and then say Chipper, it. And Chipper said it all started with Snell coming out last week and kind of doing what I feel was a poor job of wording it. Chipper said, I think if he, if he had left the money aspect out of it and just yep. stuck to the health concerns, you know, going back and playing baseball, how it's touching a lot of other people and not just the players, it's the players' families, the grounds crew members, the hotel staff. There's just a lot of logistics that really have to be taken care of before everybody feels 100% safe. And I think if he had stuck to that narrative, maybe the backlash wouldn't have been what it is for. But but for him to come out and make that make it about money and what he's putting at risk and then to have a couple of other players come out and back him, he goes, you know, the 30 million people in America that are out of work right now, they don't want to hear about millionaire baseball players bitching because they're only going to get 25 or 30% of their salary this year. They just don't want to hear that. He wasn't saying, he wasn't condemning the players. No, he was no. just saying that's not what you got to know the room, as Boog said. Yeah, and it's, you know, this. there's 1,240 man guys. So, and there's and there's what seven hundred on major league rosters and and probably another three four hundred guaranteed contracts. You can't you you gotta expect that somebody's gonna say something stupid. You know, for for me personally, Especially I don't with Twitch. It, well, yeah, with Twitch, Twitter, <laughs> you know, Instagram. There's so many guys engaging with people. It's only a matter of time before yeah. the players mess up, and that's that's why it's you know I've thought about it. I'm like, why would either side 
leak or want this information that that money's an issue during this time because it looks so bad. Mm-hmm. But you got 30 owners to keep quiet who are who have people working for them and they're very yeah. smart. They're in their 50s and 60s and 70s. They've been down this road. They're billionaires. Yeah. One, it doesn't matter if they look bad because they're they're still going to do their thing. They don't care how they look, you know. And that that's another thing that that's a factor is, you know, the players really it bothers them when they look bad or greedy and stuff like that. These comments do bother them. But you just you're playing the odds of this larger group, this younger, more emotional group, inexperienced group will say something stupid that kind of, you know, flips the public in your favor. And the owners are sitting in their offices making billions, doing whatever they do with their businesses. They're not sitting there going, "Okay, we got to give the reporter some comment or say something on Twitter about, you know, our position. They don't know. That's not how they operate, man. Yeah. They let they let their guys, their representatives talk. They'll talk in the meetings and that's the only time they have to talk. I mean, shit, Liberty doesn't media doesn't do interviews, period, much yeah. less over something this controversial. And I don't think Terry McGurk's signing up for a Twitch account anytime soon. No, and Terry McGurk rarely does interviews. And when he does, if you ask him about something, he's very measured in his responses yeah. he knows he knows how they're gonna come yeah he's ready he's ready you know uh there's not many al davises in baseball <laughs> no <know? laughs> or in any sport anymore uh or jerry jones's for that matter but um and also hey chipper also brought up something else too on an entirely different note you know this taxi squad it's probably going to be like 20 guys i meant to ask ken about this but we only you know i didn't want to keep him much longer than we said we would but if the if the the active roster is say thirty, which it sounds like that's probably what it's going to be, give or take a, a player, and the 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 forty man becomes a fifty man with like a twenty man taxi squad that they can. Yeah. Chipper had a great point. He said you're going to have you're not going to have a minor league season this year, so you're going to have a, a lot of your top minor leaguers are going to be on that taxi squad guys yeah. that are pushing the major leagues, right? Yeah. So you're going to have. 10 to 20 extra players, what are they going to do? Are they going to work out every day? Because Chipper said they're not seeing live pitching. They haven't already for two months. They're not going to anytime soon. Now, they might go to spring training and have a few games. They're not going to have many. So they're going to see a little live pitching. But you're talking about minor leaguers, like top prospects, are going to go basically maybe – they might go four months without seeing live pitching, and then you're expecting to throw them into a major league game? Or anybody, even if they're not top prospect, a fringe guy, like a Charlie Culberson. He's going to go four months basically and see almost no live pitching and then just jump into a game because there's not going to be a minor league season, which is where those 40-man guys, you know what I mean, would normally be playing AAA every day and then ready to, to step up and play in the big league games. Well, you know, I don't I don't know what the protocol is and everything for that, but honestly, you, if you're the Braves, you try to have a team that's working out at Gwinnett every day and – I think you'd have to be obviously you'd have to be paying them or, or supporting them in some way, um, but you'd have to just have inner squads over mm-hmm. and over and over against the same guys. But it's not an option to just take batting practice no. and then jump in against ninety five. No. You can't simulate it. You have to face mm-hmm. it, and it takes time. So they but you it basically hasn't really been talked about. You know what I mean? I just think they'll figure it out. It, whether whether there's you know your top guys, you keep an extra five around the team and and manage it. Um, you, yeah, you know the guys you know you're going to go to if you need them. You keep those guys close, and then you have a you have a bunch of guys working out down in Orlando that are just hey, any morning you could wake up and four you might have to jump on a flight because 
Right. We had some kind of outbreak or something like that in the clubhouse. We had to shut five guys down. Right. Um, but, the, but the aspect of not having minor league games makes it so different. You know what I mean? It makes it Normally, really hard. But you could do right inter-squad. Up the road. You could Normally, do inter-squad. You know, and guys, because pitchers have to throw too. Yeah. You gotta yeah, have your. They have to. You have to have yeah. your pitchers stretched out. So if you got your your sixth starter, your guy that you're going to go to, yeah. um, they're just playing against each other, which is boring, and and you're not seeing as many different angles and arms like you'd see in real games. But you know, you just have to keep them up to speed and tell them to hang tight. It's going to be brutal for those guys. I mean, they're going to be bored out of their mind. But yeah, because after you get past, let's say Kyle Wright and Tuki Toussaint and. You know, one or two others. I mean, it's going to be the same guys throwing. Otherwise, yep. they're going to be facing pitchers that you know, Ian Anderson. Otherwise, they're going to be facing pitchers that aren't ready. The Braves are, are better equipped for that than again than most people are because they ha- do have so many guys that are pushing, ready for the major leagues anyway. Whereas some teams, you know, after maybe their fifth or sixth starter is a huge drop off, and that's who they'll be facing every day if they do the you know live BP. Yeah, but and it's also it's opportunity. You know, if if you're one of those guys, you got to really clearly understand there is a chance that you get to play in the big leagues uh, and against big league competition, mm-hmm. and and make a statement uh, maybe two years ahead of time, and you could speed up your development. You could get there faster by showing you belong. Uh, but it's it's going to be so hard to stay ready. It it I mean you just you just got to figure it out though because nobody's going to feel sorry for you. No, and they're all in the same boat. That's the good yeah. thing. We could see some weird stuff, you know. Yeah, for we could sure. see some ugly swings. We we could see some pitchers get lit up. <laughs> well, and it'd be easy to go into cruise control down there too, you know, if you're yeah. if you're the third third baseman in line, but then something weird yeah. happens and all of a sudden you're in a big league game and a playoff run, uh the and the team needs you to perform and and you've just been dicking around down in those inner squads and you're not ready to go. I mean, that's that's something that that'll be remembered too, you know, by, by staff and everything like that. So it's important for those guys to stay ready and, and, and you just, you have to find a way to do it regardless of um, how bored you are, or what kind of routine you have to put in. Um, I, if I was a Braves, I just have whatever taxi squad just working out of Gwinnett every day and just try to follow some similar protocol to um, what they're doing in the big leagues. Hey, so one of the other things that went at one of those other five, five things that, uh, that uh, Kenny wrote about that, the that the players are you know pushing back on on that proposal was that part about uh, using the hot and cold tubs because yeah. that's become part of guys' therapy, their regular routines, you know, their rehabs, and also the showering at the ballpark. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think maybe the the owners, if they really gave that a lot of thought, if they really think players can just. You think about some of the conditions, man. How you left the ballpark sometimes, but a guy plays nine innings, say, on one of those nights in Atlanta where it's ninety and it's raining. Yeah, can you imagine not being able to shower? <laughs> I mean, most home? most guys Are take you, two to three showers a day at the park because you're sweating yeah, so much, and you're doing before. so much work. Right, right. Um, shower after BP. A lot. Everybody, almost everybody showers after batting practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you just got sweat caked on. If you're playing somewhere hot, I mean, you just you got this dirt crust caked onto your sweat <laughs> that you know it feels uncomfortable. And you you could tough it out and just be grimy and and not care. But I mean, it's <laughs> just one of those things. It's like, can't we figure out a way to do this? You know, there's a lot truly, of space in the showers. You just get three or four guys. Truly, dirtball players there. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. It's funny. A lot of new writers come into. A, they haven't been in a baseball clubhouse. They see guys come out of the shower. Uh, you know, like before batting practice and after batting practice, and they're going, he showers before the game. I'm like, yeah, man, they're out there like sweating their balls Caked off. You know? dirt. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but think about that if you uh, if you did play a game, rain delay, you're sitting around five hours, you're just nasty, covered in mud and everything. 
well, you're not, you're obviously not taking your uniform home to wash it. No. Because the club is going, so you're going to put on your street clothes or you're bringing some sweats no. to put on when yeah. you're covered and see, <laughs> that's yeah. just not realistic. And then, and then I was thinking, okay, so you drive, you, you are going to wear your uniform home and uh, you're driving home and you like notice <laughs> yeah. you're on E. Keeps like Freddie Freeman pulls into a quick shop at like two in the That's morning after five. a long game. <laughs> Look, so, I'm thinking of some kids at a quick shop. They're like they're feeding the munchies there or getting yeah. another six pack or something. And they're going, dude, I messed up because that looks like Freddie Freeman in his uniform. <laughs> I must be tripping. <laughs> this stuff's not good. We're doing well, but that's kind of the thing that I've thought about is. That might be an easier way to do it, minus the whole needing to see, you know, needing to take batting practice and whatnot. But with with as many protocol and hoops as they were going to make the guys jump through, you'd almost be better off just telling everybody to show up full uni at six fifty five and just jump out on the field. You know, just do everything at home, get yourself ready, do your stretching, working out, hitting by a net. And just show up like a traffic, little eager. In Atlanta traffic, you're like an hour late for the game. Oops. I missed you. There was an accident. Well, and then you got injuries because guys are sitting in traffic for 45 minutes to two hours before they can get to the park, and they have to just jump out and play like a little eager. You know, it's it's all so hard to – it's really hard to map it all out. I don't think people understand the amount of maintenance that it takes yeah. um, guys to – that's like the hot tub and the cold tub and stuff. And, and yeah. then seeing the trainers getting stretched out, doing all your – kind of just functional exercise and make sure your body's moving right. You don't get hurt, but especially guys put older guys put hours into yeah. feeling good, you know, especially guys yeah. in their thirties, yeah. it takes an hour before you're ready to really move and, and, and do things full effort without getting hurt. Um, so I, I'm sure injuries are going to go up because you're going to have to wait 20 minutes to get in the weight room. There's too many guys in there. You're going to have to wait 30 minutes to get your food. Cause there's too many guys in there. You got to wait for this, two-man BP group and they got to sanitize the balls or whatnot. There's going to be so much more standing around and stuff. I'm, I'm sure injuries will go up. Um, but And it might be some sloppy baseball on the field, but they ju- you just have to find a way to make it work. Well, the Yankees, both the both the uh, New York teams are going to go down to spring training to do their their spring their spring training 2.0 or whatever it's going to be called at uh, Florida, obviously, because of what's going on in New York. Are you going to um, play out of Florida too? That's a good question. Now the Yankees could easily do it in Tampa because yeah. their ballpark is is like a small major league ballpark it's anyway. Nice. I mean, but it's still cramped, you know, and all that. It's still yeah. really cramped, but the ballpark itself is is suitable for that. But can you imagine how hot and rainy it's going to be? No. I mean, I covered the Marlins when they were outdoors and batting practice got rained out like three out of four days, but at least you had indoor cages and all that, you know, at pro player stadium. I don't even know what you have, you know, at a minor league at the spring training park, as far as if, well, you have nothing, batting cages, nothing stuff. indoor, all the spring training stuff's outdoor usually. Well, they have batting cages. And they got cages. They renovated their thing a few years ago. The Yankees have it, but yeah, it's just going to be miserable if they have to play their regular season games down there. What, but in New York, they might buy – I mean, I don't know if they'll be cleared to play by July in New York. No, I don't think and so. I mean, Who's going to take the subway to the game? It's the worst there. It's the worst place to yeah. in I mean, the country right now. Because nobody drives there. You know, everybody takes – Well, that's the other thing that was in that protocol was they're saying you can't take an Uber, you can't take taxis. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like you, you could cram everybody on a bus and you're violating the protocol too. It's too much, too many yeah, guys. Players will be having to take limos. But, but what about fans? You know, what would they do? How would they get to the game in Yankee Stadium? There's not parking at Yankee Stadium for No, you can't. For, that, well, for that, I was assuming – I thought we were less. talking no fans at all. 
Um, well, yeah, 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 there's that. I mean, they're thinking about by the end of the year, by the end of the season, maybe, but I, I doubt that too. But they're thinking maybe they'll have fans by late in the season. I just Even then, I mean, what's the liability for the league if you if you host, uh, you know, uh, you open it all up in early October and then yeah. some crazy outbreak happens in the city and some guy's like, yeah, I got it I at the know. Yankees game. I don't know if they'd be able to prove that or not, but yeah, but players themselves, though, you're right. I mean, most of the players take, you know, an Uber or some ride the subway. The ride the subway. Is, you know, yeah. So I don't know what they'd all have to take limos, I guess. I don't know what they'd do. But you have to, teams, I think you'd have to rent everybody cars because you just. And visiting teams, you know? Yeah, you'd have to rent all the visiting players a car. <laughs> oh man there's just so many logistics yeah. that you take for granted all these things you take for granted yeah are gonna have to be worked out it's just so much and it's not much time to do it no especially no. if and some if if some teams are going to be playing in arizona and florida and others are going to be playing at their homes and and do, and when do they have to decide that you know and how hot are they going to be if they play their their spring training and their regular season games in arizona Man, if a team like the Cubs has to do that, for instance. I had rookie ball in Arizona, and that's about the time these guys are going to be down there. Uh huh. It, you had to run. We ran at like five thirty or six a.m., and it was already one hundred and five degrees. <laughs> and it, it, the games were at ten, and you finished those yeah. games at ten, and you could not do anything. I mean, you 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 were so exhausted because you know the rookie ball stadiums they're they're crap. They're just chain link fences, so you're just baking out in the sun. But I was also 18. These guys are a lot older than that. It's going to hit them harder. Um, yeah. it, it's just the fire league is what they call it. It's it's just so damn hot. Um, that's another thing that'll be really hard to, to keep guys hydrated and do all that stuff when you can't have communal water and and all these oh, other wow. ways. To, I mean, it's there's so many there's so many hoops to jump through. Yeah. Well, as Kenny said. Uh, I, that's what I was thinking about the end of the month is probably a, some sort of loose deadline, soft deadline. And Kenny said, June one, he thought they probably would have to, if they hope to get started around July 4th, just because of logistics of getting the team down to do their, you know, the rest of spring training and all that. So I think it's going to come to a head in the next week, uh, or so. And we'll, uh, we should know some, some stuff, but man, it's getting here quick. Now we've waited for two months and now all of a sudden it's like time's running out. This, well, that's what's happening to the year, too. It's already May and nothing's even, you know, if you look at the year you've put in, you're like, I haven't done anything. Just sitting at home. All of a sudden, it's, it's, we're, we're about to hit the six number on, on the month. It's, it's almost halfway through. It's crazy. And Memorial Day without any baseball. It's weird. No sports except for, what, NASCAR and Korean baseball. Yeah, Korean baseball is popping. That is just weird, man. Yeah, I've, got, I've actually been up. I've actually my schedule's so screwed up now that I've actually been up a few times and watched a Korean game at like five in the morning. I was watching one this morning. I, like I know, fell that, asleep five o'clock in the afternoon, woke up at nine, stayed yeah. up all night, was watching Boog call the Korean game. They had like a seven run ninth inning. I was watching it. <laughs> it's weird. I, I was wondering that though. You know, the whole country's got to be just so out of whack with yeah. sleep. You know, schedules are so messed up. It's right hard now. to sleep when you can't do anything or move. Everybody's stuck at home. Yes. Well, yeah. I've been going up for run. I go for runs. I have run every other day, and I've been doing that at like after midnight every day now because I don't want to go. I don't want to go at six o'clock and have to run like past people and everything, and have them like go to the other side of the road because I'm huffing and puffing. Yeah, how so fast do you running, run, Dave? Wait, when do you run a mile in? Man, I've ran it like, dude. I've seriously, I've ran some at sometimes at three, four in the morning lately. 
That's how screwed up my schedule is. I do that, but there's too many wild animals out here. <laughs> yeah. My bear encounter. I'm like, I'm st- <laughs> if it's dark, I'm staying inside. Turn into a big pussy. I don't know what pace I'm running at. I'm running like three miles. Uh, I, I don't run like I used to. I used to run pretty, pretty good, man. I was pretty good. But I, I've been trying to ago. run. I've been trying to run and get back in shape. I feel like I got hit by a truck. I ran. I ran two miles yesterday, and I feel like I got ran Man, over by a semi. It's tough as you get older, dude. <laughs> I used to, I, and now it's like I, I every I feel every step. I like trudge, and I used to feel like I just glide. I mean, I could going way back. I mean, you're talking about like you know in high school, and then after college, I could go out and run like seven miles at. Oh, you know, I'd be dead. At, at like in high school, I could do it at like a sub at like a six and a half minute pace. Shit. Now, if I, now if I do it at eight, I'm like flying I'm happy. I, yeah, that's fast. My my mom told me she ran three miles in 21 minutes. So I've been yeah. trying to I've been trying. That's like my standard I'm chasing right now, and I got a long time to go. I I did a I did a 10k one time. I was probably 20 29 28 in 3603. 10K. Jesus. If I tried to do that now, I couldn't keep that pace up for two miles. And I that feel like I'm in good shape, but man, you get older and it's like, I'm a lot older. <laughs> well, that's why like Kenny asked me how my arm feels and, and, yeah. and everything. And it's like, every time I don't do anything for like three weeks, yeah. Yeah. I've, I'm 100% convinced I could play again. And I'll go out <laughs> and I'll throw and I'll do a few things and it just feels amazing. I feel electric. And then the next day, I feel like bull of dicks. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing anything for another two days. You know, it's it's the it's recovery, the, it's the recovery. It? and that's what catches up with guys. It's it's not necessarily can you still do it. You know, I could still execute. And if you, I think if you threw me on a mound after I hadn't been doing anything, maybe just like moving real light, and I was still had some athleticism, yeah. I could probably throw ninety ninety one right now. But the next day, I'd be seventy eight to eighty one. You know, it's just the body just doesn't bounce back anymore. That's why when I see the pitchers, like we, like I covered the uh, Randy Johnson's perfect game against the Braves when he was forty years old. Yeah, you know. But most, mo- even beyond that, Nolan Ryan through his seventh no hitter, he was like forty. The freak of nature. Yeah, or he Billy was still Wagner. throwing. He was still throwing almost a hundred at at forty six. Yeah, I mean, I, that's stupid. I don't know if we'll ever see anything like that ever again, man. No. What he did is just crazy. Some guys are just built for it. You know, yeah. some guys that they can just move a certain way. Their their yeah. levers, everything's lined up. Like Randy Johnson was just playing catch and because he was six ten and had eight mm-hmm. foot, foot arms, he was able to throw ninety seven with a low effort level. But for me to get to ninety two, I gotta let it eat. Yeah. You know, and certain guys to get to ninety five or wherever they're at. And I think that's you're gonna see more injuries in the game because everybody's living at the top of their threshold. I'm sure if uh-huh. Randy Johnson went to drive line and just maxed out, he could have thrown 106. <laughs> yeah. But but how you know how long would he play? Yeah. And and it's you you got to think about that with these guys now that are everybody's at their max capacity. Yeah. So you're gonna see a lot shorter careers. But yeah, that's that's really what you see, man. Is is it's just so much harder on the body as you get old. Yeah, once Randy Johnson put all those levers together, because it took him about ten years, yeah, you know, between the minors and his first years, and 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 even in Seattle, you know, before he put it all together, because he'd still walk a ton of guys yeah. before he kind of all came together. Um, yeah, you were talking about that, and how guys are just built for it. I was watching the Nolan Ryan game that was MLB Network showed his last no hitter, and I'm looking at his body, going, guys just are not put together like that, because you know he didn't spend a lot of time in the weight room. He, but he was so solid. His hips, he's a his, horse. 
His, he was a horse. His thighs, everything was so solid. It looked like you you could go out there with a bat and you wouldn't be able to knock him off the mound with it. You know. Uh, well, guys, see, that's my thing is I think guys are put together like that now, but it's it's self engineered. They've right. worked to get right. to that point. I know Nolan Ryan, you know, you you hear about these guys that were hitting the weights back then and doing stuff, but he's on Nautilus machines and shit when you see the videos, which that kind of strength training, I think is awesome for baseball players where you're just, you're activating the muscles. It's a little challenging. You're doing three sets of 12. These guys now to get to where Nolan Ryan lived at, they're squatting 450 pounds to get to the strength he was born with. So, you know, like the, the impact on all your joints and, and your nervous system, uh, you can get to where he's at, but you got to be born like him to be able to do what he did as yeah. long as he can. You know, like I played with Billy Wagner. Mm-hmm. Um, by the end of Billy's career, uh, I'm sure Billy worked really hard, and he still worked hard, but he worked really smart. You know, he'd mm-hmm. ride the ride the bike for 20 minutes. That's a guy's warm up now to go do right. their weight training and all their other stuff. Billy would ride the bike and drink a beer, and that was his day. And he was still throwing 98. Yeah. It, you know, he did his arm tubing. He took care of his shoulder and whatnot, but he was so smart with his energy and how he how he expended it. And that's you know that's where me and a lot of other guys really dick it up. You look at so many of those great players in that generation and the backgrounds they came from. They came from working class yep. backgrounds. A lot of them came from agricultural backgrounds. Guys like Mickey Mantle, all these Texas pitchers, they they grew up doing manual labor and hard, like bailing hay and all that. And the jeans, their fathers were the same way, you know? Yeah. So you got a whole different type of athlete now. It's, a, you know, like you said, they're ripped and they're shredded and they're strong yeah. as hell. But like their tendons are not even, can even handle some of them. You look at like, uh, uh, Stanton, he's always yeah. pulling something. His body can't handle the muscle that he has. No, and well, muscle and that's mass. the thing. That was that was the big um, that was the big knock on steroids on whether or not you should do them. When I right. was I was just getting into pro ball, and so many guys were. It was kind of weaning it out because 05 they started testing but those first two years mm-hmm. the one thing that everyone would say is not to do steroids is you're going to outgrow your tendons you know your muscles yep. and everything get stronger but your body can only handle a rod the stress you were born with yeah uh, i mean but his was he had a damn he had the right stuff but look <laughs> at know. all the things he had later in his career he had injuries yeah. that you would never have naturally at those ages hips no hip no. replacement and all that i mean he had all these kind of things going wrong going on yeah, and part of and that's, that's coming off it is so hard too. You know, if if you've been used to having that testosterone and moving uh-huh. like that, and then you're, you're trying it, right? to still, well, you're trying to still put out that energy, and you can't recover. Well, how about you know? Barry when he ripped that triceps after he got so big? Remember when he had the <laughs> yeah. triceps thing? He just ripped it off the bone. Yeah, okay, and that, that's normal. That's yeah. normal. <laughs> well, that's what they said. That's what they were saying. You know, you you, you got to be careful. But I think guys are finding a way to almost get to that level of strength and mm-hmm. and stuff with nutrition and all that. Right. Where they're, they're able to throw 100 miles an hour. They might have been born to throw 90. Mm-hmm. And and they've trained and, and built this strength that they shouldn't have. That's the only thing that scares me about the weight room is I think a lot of guys are just working at that max capacity. And, it, yeah, it, steroids got you there a lot faster. But I think guys are finding a way to get there now through just pure hard work and good diets. Some of these country strong-looking pitchers are, just had the body like that. They like bum Gardner. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like Bumgarner. You know who else had a body like that? Even though he didn't grow up like on a farmer thing, John Smoltz. Yeah, he had that athletic body with the wide hips, you know, yeah. and the and the wide shirt, the squared shoulders. But he was built like that. And if he'd have put on twenty pounds of muscle, he would have been, you know, who knows what would have happened. 
but he, he had that pitcher's body though that the natural pitcher's body but even a guy like Felix was always a little overweight and mm-hmm. he never touched weights because he didn't like how they made him feel. And he was still able to throw 100 miles an hour. If he got mm-hmm. greedy and said, I want to throw 105, he could have played three years and blown out. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Eovaldi. There's always these stories about Eovaldi squatting 500 pounds before the games. He's blown out a couple times. Yeah. Well, and look at Stanton. He cannot stay healthy. And he's no. the strongest guy in the league. Who knows? Maybe if Maddox had done, you know, had gone all crazy with nutrition and tried to get in shape and everything, ninety nine, he, he might never out. lasted like he did though. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a tricky Tom one. Tom Glavin, me. they weren't big muscular guys at all. No, th- the hard part is the strike zone so much smaller, right. and everybody's throwing ninety eight now that you almost yeah. have to you Absolutely. have to make a choice. There's not many Kyle Hendricks surviving. Yeah. But you go back and look at those guys though. This like it was a different generation. Like you look at Mickey Mantle. Yeah, up poor on a farm, you know, in 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 little town in Oklahoma, and look at him. He didn't get that body from lifting weights. <laughs> Dude could fly, and he was strong. Yeah, and uh, and he hit it hard. <laughs> from from what I hear, Mike Trout doesn't do you know yeah. a lot during the season. He works out yeah. in the off season, and then during the season, he just stays loose. But he's blessed. Look he's blessed, man. Jesus he's just Christ. a. People don't realize how big he is. Right, I know. <laughs> you like think Bo he's going to be a big guy, but he—he's right. a white Bo Jackson. He is just yeah. Like, I like walk Bo. by him in a hallway, and his neck is like at the as wide as my shoulders. Yeah, but he's—he's he's yeah, put together so stout, but he moves like he's five foot ten. Yeah. and then when you see him walk by you, and he's six three, and he's taking up the whole wall yep. hallway, you're like, how are you playing center field? I don't think anybody that's not seen him up close realizes how big that guy is. Can't appreciate one of, the, it. one of his teammates said. One of his teammates said he was the only guy that he had played with that when he was like this guy said he'd be like at third base and Trout would hit an infield hit and would beat it out. And he said he's the only guy you would hear him every step. Mm. It was like thunder. He's running to first base. It was so loud. <laughs> his feet, and yeah. He's kicking up so who much said dirt. That? He's like digging. I forgot who it I've was. Seen Somebody that said co- that. He, I can't remember who said that. He said that. he's kicking up so much dirt every step. He's digging Ski? in. You know, he's so strong. It was a yeah, you know who's the polar opposite was D Gordon. Yeah, I, I gave exactly. up. I gave up a ground ball to first base one time. I was facing D Gordon, and I didn't even hear him or see him or anything. <laughs> there was just this little skinny guy around and you know peeling off past first base. Uh, he probably beat me to first base. I'm slow over there anyway, but he probably beat me to first base by 20 <laughs> steps from the mound. <laughs> and yeah. I, it was just like it was just like a feather went by. And the dude the Braves had last year, Hamilton. Oh, Billy Hamilton. Billy yeah, Hamilton, that dude. Built the same way. Yep. He's he's listed at six foot 160, and I don't think he weighed more than 165. I mean, he's a wisp of a guy. Built like a quarter miler. Yeah. I don't know how that, he that's never cool about baseball, though. Is every day. Yeah, the different any, sizes. Anybody type can, <laughs> can find its way into the league. From Bartolo from two, to Billy Hamilton. Yeah. From from 160-pound Billy Hamilton to 260-pound uh, Mike Stanton. And everything in between, two hundred eighty pounds. But Bartolo. you know the shredded, <laughs> the sh- the shredded guys get hurt the most. I think there's oh, there's something to Absolutely. it having a little bit of fat on your body in baseball. I just think all the fast twitch muscles, the the sudden movements that baseball has, like when you're exploding out of the box yeah. and all that, and going side to side. I just think those sudden movements don't lend themselves to staying healthy when you're all ripped, when you're shredded. So many guys not after standing around, especially when they're getting yeah, when they're getting older 
are they're huge. So many of those guys get hurt coming out of the box, it seems like. Or they it's, don't stretch properly. It's the hardest thing is, you know, and it's the hardest thing about spring training is you stand around for 12 minutes while a coach explains a drill. <laughs> yeah. And then you got to go cover first. And then and then you stand around for three rounds of live BP and then it's your turn to go get hot. You know, that's that's all baseball is. It's just getting yeah. cold and then trying to go quick. You sit on the bench. You sit on the dugout bench for an inning and you go stand in left field. Nothing happens. And then then you go up to the bat, you know, then you sit on the, the bench for two outs and you stand in the on deck circle. The guy gets a hit. So you haven't moved explosively in, in yeah. you know, maybe 45 minutes. And then you try to beat out an infield single and pull a groin. And that, that's the type of stuff that's that's really important to take care of your body and stay stretched out. And that, that's going to be the big, biggest obstacle for the players with this whole thing and, and all the protocol. Yeah. It, baseball is kind of antiquated in that respect, isn't it? Because if you think about it, you go out and start your BP, your uh, spring training workout at like nine in the morning, you're doing your stretch. And then you're doing some sudden movement two hours later. It's <laughs> like that warm up. What, is the, what, are, what was the purpose of that? And then the uh, game. That's why I hated team stretch. stretch. I hated yeah, you're team stretch. At, at what? Four o'clock and you're playing at seven? <laughs> Well, like, you know, every guy now does their 45 minute warm up routine to get their body ready. And then you come outside and, and the trainer's running you through some high knees. Like, what are these high knees going to do for me at, at seven o'clock tonight? Can I just play catch while my body feels good right now? But yeah, you stretch at nine and then, then you stand around and you do BP, you shag BP for 45 minutes and then you go run, you're running in sprints. Like it's all so broken up. You know, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. it's hard with baseball like that. At football, you know, I, I think that you take the plays off, but then at least you jog back on the field and, and right. you're moving, you know, throughout the day. But in basketball, you're up and down the court the whole time. Maybe the first couple of plays, you take it easy, but you keep, you're continuously moving. And that helps yeah. a ton. In baseball, there's so much standing around. So much standing around. So much. Yeah, and guys are doing that stretch at four in the afternoon for a seven seven thirty game. You're doing so, your whole thing. You're taking so what are we doing here? Throwing whatever, and then you're going in and showering and eating. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And then come out and play the game. <laughs> well, that's a big reason the showers matter too, though, because it, it warms your body back up. It feels so good yeah. to you know if if you're going to head out to the field at six forty five, if you shower at six thirty, you know after sitting in the clubhouse for an hour and on a recliner or whatever you're doing. You know, yeah. it feels good. It kind of gets the blood flowing, loosens you back up. Hey, so somebody asked me which one of us has the squeaky uh, That's chair. Me. Is Both it? No, because I was just because I was just about to say no. It's me. I've never noticed it, but I'm sitting here going, I'm going. Yeah, I hear yours sometimes that's, too. That's me. So maybe it's. I bought this us. thing at Restoration Hardware, man. It's supposed to be a really nice chair. It sounds like. Oh, a, those are nice. Yeah, it's yeah, not that not nice because I hear mine. it the whole. Yeah. Well, I got it on sale. There's an outlet by my house. If there's like a, if there's like a little nick in it or something, it can't be sold at the store. Yeah, yeah. So me and my wife, we just go right. straight to the outlet. And our house is right. full of all this nice stuff. We paid like twenty percent for. Well, if it's restoration hardware, it's supposed it's probably got a sound that's mo- supposed to make it sound nostalgic, like it's old. It's supposed to sound old, and creaky. <laughs> yeah, it's they probably engineered that to, into yeah. the into the wood <laughs> yeah. and the cushion. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Anyway, thanks, all right. Hey, listen, uh, we'll be back on Tuesday. And thanks again for Ken for stopping by. That was great to update us on uh, what's going on. We'll talk to y'all later. 755 yep. is real, and we're also done. See you next week. Mm-hmm.